welcome to another message presented by the ministry of Christian Faith Fellowship. We are fulfilling the call of God on this ministry to preach the Word of God without compromise, raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that we have to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. You know, Dr. Barkley got done preaching one time, and the only way I, I had to come up at the end and do the closing announcements at a conference, when I was a, when I was a kid, um, if you went swimming at the local pool, back then, you know, all the dippity-doo was in the air, and it was a little different than today. And um, so they'd make you wash before you got in the pool so that there wasn't scum floating on the top of everything, right? <laughs> And when, to make sure that you washed when you walked to get into the pool, if your hair was wet, they'd reach over and they'd grab it. And if it went, that meant you were clean enough, you could get in. Amen. Sometimes when Dr. Barkley's done preaching, I feel like, we've all just gotten cleaned really, really good by the man of God. Hallelujah. But you know, when I walk in this church and I talk to your pastor and I listen to his doctrine, say doctrine. A lot of bad doctrine out there today. But I can tell that this man has done his homework. Amen. And, and this church is just kind of like, it's clean here. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a good hand clap for that. Amen. Praise God. That's kind of what I want to talk about today in my sermon. Would you turn with me to Proverbs? We're going to look at three verses all at once. Can you do that? Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Then we're going to go Proverbs 31, and then we're going to head for the New Testament. You know, normally I like to always load a double barrel shotgun. Today I got to have three barrels, so I don't know what that's called, but it'll be heavy, whatever it is. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says this. It says, trust, say trust. Trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. That's what pastor was talking about during the, during the offering. But you can trust in the Lord. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 31. Verse 11, it talks here about a virtuous woman. And it says this. It says, the heart of her husband safely trusts in her. Uh, one version says his, his heart rests in her. It doesn't happen overnight. No. I love my wife, Janine, the day we got married. But it's a deeper love now yeah. after 37 years. Amen. 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 I, I rest. I trust. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Some couples can't. I can. Amen. And then turn with me to the New Testament. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I've preached this message one other time and never really thought I'd preach it again, but the Lord kind of, not kind of, but dealt with me to, to, to bring it back to this church. Not back, but to bring it, for me to bring it back and to bring it to this church. 1 Corinthians 7.25 says, the apostle is writing here, he's talking about marriage. It says, now concerning virgins, that's, you know, young unmarried ladies. He says, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give you judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy trustworthy 
There's a sacred thing between the leadership, the pastor, and the followers, or the, what I call the ministry of helps people. And that's this thing called trust. If the devil can attack any one aspect of our churches, and he will attack every aspect, the finances, you know what I mean, people in the nursery, and just people. One pastor friend of mine says, people's been people since people's been people. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And uh, some days I say it's awful people-y outside today. Amen. <laughs> I'm more country. I don't want too many. I love everybody, but I need a break. Is that all right to say it that way? Amen. <laughs> Y'all need to be over there. Hallelujah. And, and the, the truth is, if the devil can attack any one aspect between a follower and his leadership, it's this trust. It is, my, in my opinion, a sacred thing. Amen. I love everybody. I don't trust everybody. I have people try to give me words and then I have people that God told to give me words. I love everybody. I don't trust. Does that make sense? Everybody. My father was a simple man, farmer, and um, he grew up before there were tractors and so they used horses and and such back in the day and they had a dairy herd so of course you know every dairy herd if you want more milk you got to have more you got to have a bull because that's the only way you can grow your herd amen just in case our in case our government's watching i would just like somebody to know there's only one way to get them hallelujah wow never thought we'd have to go there anyways anyways <laughs> and so one day he was working away and the bull made a move at him and tried to hook him and gore him, you know. And um, <clears throat> my grandfather worked with that bull. Now, this was before bull riding and rodeos and what you did. And eventually, they could never get that bull to just calm down. And so my dad said, I come around the corner one day and my grand he said, my dad, my grandfather, his dad, was loading him in a wagon. He was gone. This was his thought. His, he, said, he said, you never keep an animal you can't turn your back on. Amen. That's not scripture, but it just kind of became a thing in my family. When I hired employees, when I had my own business, I never kept an employee I couldn't turn my back on. If I have to wonder if you're going to be in my wallet when I'm not there, I'm not keeping you. Amen. I got to be able to trust you to some degree. You don't have to be flawless. But I gotta, I, I'm too busy. Uh, that, but the illustration with the bull was, eventually you're going to be too busy to always keep your eye on him. Yes. And he's going to get you when you're not looking. Yes. So that was kind of the thing. Paul said before God ever gave him the new covenant, he made sure he was trustworthy. Before you ever heard sermon one from the apostle, yes. before he ever stood up and talked about his revelation, before... God made sure you have to be somebody I can trust before I give you what I'm going to give you for my people. Proverbs 3 says you can trust God. You can trust him. You can rest. When you give your offering, you can trust his character is good. His care for you is good. His love for you is full. It, you, can, you know what I'm talking about? You can rest in that. I um, hurt my shoulder recently, and it was, it's been the most remarkable thing to see the care of God. You know, I'd like to have a miracle healing, and, and I believe we're getting one. Amen. But in February, a pastor friend of mine asked me to come preach for him in July, and that, that happened. I'd been there several times. And um, 
So when I bumped into him in March, he said, you know, Bray, he said, it's the craziest thing. I was in prayer the other day, and the Lord told me how much to give you for your offering when you come in July. What? Okay. It was like double what he normally gives me. I was like, that's got to be God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just didn't know why. Well, then in May, I hurt my shoulder. June, I had my surgery. And that was one of the first times I was able to preach. And before I ever got, I already knew that my monthly budget was already covered before the problem ever showed up. See, I, you can trust God. The, the two weeks where I had where I wasn't preaching, a pastor friend of mine called me. He said, I had you on my heart. I want to send you an offering. Then the week after that, I, I want to send you an offering. I'm not even preaching. I got my arm in a sling. But God is still taking care of me. You know what I'm talking about? I've had my ups and down times, but I'm telling you, you can trust God. You give your tithes and your offerings and, and you're consistent in the things of God. That it, it, You can trust God when you don't see him. Wherever he is, he's helping you. He's blessing you. Now there in Proverbs where it talks about over the course of time that, that a, a, a man will trust his wife. I, I'm, I'm here today. My wife Janine is home. I don't have problems some other men have. I trust my wife. Amen. Wherever she is, she's saving money. If I want to torment my wife, I give her money and I make her spend it. My <laughs> wife is not like other women. Amen. So, some women, every time their guy turns around, they're, they're drained in the account. I don't have that issue. I, I, one time I gave my wife money for Christmas. She still had it the next Christmas. She hadn't spent it all. She's one of a kind, guys. I got her. Sorry. Amen. I win. But I trust her. You know what I'm talking about? I trust her. We just had Invasion Youth Conference up there, and, and uh, Janine had gone out to the Navajo Nation, and she had worked with the children's leaders out there, so they, they decided they wanted to come to Invasion, and we had six of them staying in our house, and at one time there were 16 of them. They all came over for dinner. My wife is running around. I'm out of town. She's, she's, out of, she's, taking care of, she's taking care of the ministry. She's taking care of me with my shoulder, and she's feeding 16 Navajo people when she's not looking. Amen? Amen. I, I rest in her. That didn't happen overnight. But over the course of time in our marriage, I trust her. You know what I'm talking about? In this house, you can trust Pastor Baker. You can rest in his doctrine. You can rest in this church. He's done his due diligence to take care of you to study. All of the government requirements are met. All of the legal things are taken care of. Your children today are safe. There's quality people taking care of them. In the Garden of Eden, are you with me on a Sunday morning? Because again, to me, this is the number one thing Satan attacks. In the Garden of Eden, when, when Eve said to, to Satan, this is what the Lord said, the first thing he does is try to break that trust between people and the people's God. If I can sever, if I can cause a gap, I can step in there. But I got to break that trust because if she keeps trusting God, I can't get in. 
That same thing gets repeated over and over. Can, can you trust the man of God? Amen. That he is who he says he is. I've been with Pastor now since 1987. I rest in his, in his leadership. He doesn't have to prove himself to me. He's done that. On my dark days, on my good days, he was, he was there for me. Amen. Amen. I don't wonder what he's doing when I'm not there. Right. He's somewhere helping somebody literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen. Amen. If he wants to take an offering up for something, I can, I can rest. Right. He isn't embezzling the money. Right. He isn't wasting the money. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I don't have problems other people do with their leadership. I understand not every church you can preach this message. That's why I said this is like the second time I've preached this message. There's you and one other church the Lord dealt with me on. Come on. Are you with me on a Sunday yes. morning? This is why I say this is a sacred thing. Because you'll, you'll have a lot of acquaintances in life, but not so many friends. Right? Yes. right? Yes. But your friends are the ones who are on your side when you're not there to watch them be on your side. Amen. In this house, I, I just want to encourage you, you can rest. You can trust. Amen. Amen. Amen? You might not always understand everything Pastor Baker's doing. Oh, I don't understand everything Dr. Barkley's doing. There's times I thought for sure he was wrong. I mean, I didn't wonder if he was. I knew he just wasn't. The, the part of being less mature than means you think lower than they do. Your kids aren't bad kids. They're just functioning at the maturity that they have. Right? And because of that immaturity, they think wrong. That's why you can't let them pick their gender. You can't even let them pick their food at their restaurant. Why in the world? I'm not the only one saying it. I mean, we have sinners saying this. They're going to eat ice cream and bubble gum. Right? What a society. That's why you can trust God. This has been all thought out. There's a plan. There's an intent. Before he ever took the boat out of the harbor, he already knew everything coming. Every fish that was going to swim underneath it and every wind that was going to blow on top. This has all been set up. Amen. If you want the truth to God, this is child's play. He's not even challenged by this. He's half bored. Right? The answers are so obvious to him. We say, wow, you know, you split the Red Sea. He's been waiting on that. Since he put the earth together, he's like, yeah, right there. They're all going down. Do you understand? You can rest. You can trust the man of God. You can just take your brain and say, okay, you just need to calm down now. Pastor's got our best interests at heart. Pastor, when he says he's got the mind of Christ, he's got the mind of Christ on what we're doing. And we can just enjoy that God's going to take care of us and lead us from here on out. Can you say amen? amen. Again, I'll say this. I love everybody. I don't trust everybody. Do you? No. I think you'd be foolish to trust everybody. 
I love all the ministers. I don't know that I would preach this message everywhere and just trust everybody. I've had, I've had ministers break that sacred trust. But in this house, you can trust the leadership here. You can just settle down and enjoy the word of God. You can, you can, you can just put down your armor a little bit, if I can say it that way, and just take in the word of God and be taught. That it's been researched, it's been, it's been well sought out, amen? Dr. George Evans, friend of yours, friend of mine, raised up Dr. Barclay. I sat at a meeting or a breakfast meeting one time with about five ministers and Dr. Evans and he would talk and we would buy, amen, because honor the man of God and, and um, it was always a treat to be there with him. And um, he was getting on a topic and one of the brothers had their question, they were kind of new and they said, well, I don't believe that Dr. Evans, I believe this. I thought, okay, well, he's read his Bible like 400 times, but if you want to argue with him, okay. Just go ahead and get a bare butt spanking on the front yard. I don't care. <laughs> Can I say that in the house of God? Is that all right? I mean, mom is going to dress you down, boy. It's just a matter of time, right? So Dr. Evans said, he said, give me four verses for why you believe what you believe. And he, he gave him the first one, and then he kind of stalled. Dr. Evans said, let me give you the other three. So he gave him the three. He said, let me tell you why none of the four apply. And then he took them all back down off the chalkboard. He had studied the people who disagreed with him so well, he knew why you believed what you believed, even though he didn't believe that. But he had considered the whole argument. You know what I'm talking about? When a man is that well studied, let him talk. Let him talk. He, he's going to do nothing but bless you. He's going to do nothing but help you. Over the course of time, I worked for a construction company for a, a summer. And uh, the boss showed up and he told us what he wanted done and he left some material and off he went. One of the guys kind of grumbled behind his back. He said, well, I don't think that's the way we ought to do it. He doesn't know what he's doing. I could do it better, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, that's really something. I said, how'd you learn all that? He said, well, I used to have a company just like this. I said, that's amazing. I said, why don't you anymore? He said, we went bankrupt. <laughs> ain't learned nothing like nothing down south they say there's no wisdom in the second kick of the mule look you're not you're not getting any smarter bub get out the way amen don't sit there let it get hitting you in the face move amen you ain't getting any smarter that's kind of the way some people are you've been hit so many times you're not even getting out of the way anymore look you're you were ugly when you started you're worse now don't move just move hallelujah can we study some more verses? Is that all right on a Sunday morning? Turn with me to John chapter 21. Say, I trust my God. Say, I trust the man of God. Amen. And, and again, you can't preach this just everywhere. John chapter 21. Says this in verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, sounds like a good idea, hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, then feed my lambs. In other words, then live like it, do something about it. 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, then tend my sheep. 
And the third time. See, you, we all think that it's pastor repeating sermons. You don't know it's Jesus repeating sermons. Pastor's just the telephone that's doing, the, he's the speaker. It's Jesus doing the talking, hallelujah. Jesus knows very well he's told Peter this twice already. Let me tell you something. Peter probably needs it four more times after this. Hallelujah. He said, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know, preacher, pastor, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself, you walked where you wished. But when you are old, you'll stretch out your hand and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. 19. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Let's read on. 20. So what's Peter do? Peter hears the word. Verse 20. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, who was following him. Now that's John. Peter looks around and he sees John, who also leaned at his breast at supper. And he said, Lord, who, and said, who is this one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, that's John, said to Jesus, what about him? Well, if I got to work in the nursery, what he's doing? If I got to stand out in the heat, if I got to give, what's he giving? I want, I want to know what he's doing. Well, if I, if I got to do this, Dad, what's my brother got to do? Right? Now, I know that nobody's like this here in Ponder. This is the holy city. But where I'm from, we deal with people like this. Amen. Look at this in 22. And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? If he never dies, how does that change what I just told you? If I told you to stand on the corner and spin on your head, and I told somebody else to, to do a ballerina, what does that change what I told you to do? What, what's, what's Peter's problem? He's got to trust Jesus. You've got to trust that what I assigned you to do is going to work. Peter, you've got, to get, you've got to get focused on what I'm telling you to do. Don't worry about what everybody else is called to do. That's none of your affair. If they never die. Now, I know this is the perfect church and you're all perfect people and you've never had these discussions in your head or your children never have these discussions. But can we all be real? This is human nature. And even though Peter has clear direction... From Jesus, whom he has been with now for three and a half years. This trust issue rears its ugly head. What about this guy? How's he going to die? What about this person? What are they going to do? What about, why does our church do this? That church doesn't do that. You know, Jesus told Peter to get out of the boat and walk on water. But you know, Peter's brother Andrew was still in the boat. Now, I don't know about your mothers. If my mother was there, she would have said, why is your church doing all these weird things? Your brother's church doesn't have to do all these weird things. <laughs> they don't have services three times a week. They only have service Sunday mornings. Oh. They don't have to give their tithe. They, oh, no. Right. Why is your pastor making you do all these weird things? Come on. Because out there, yes. in an instant, 
Every limitation Peter knew as a fisherman growing up, everything he'd ever seen in any storm, every limitation he had ever known was broken in an instant. And though Peter didn't hold it for long, he got a taste. Just a taste of the anointing. A taste of the power of God. You mean, you mean, Pastor, I can do what you do? I can walk with God like you do? I can know the visitation of God? I don't have to be limited to these natural circumstances? All his life he's been limited to those natural circumstances. How many storms do you think he had been through? He's a fisherman, grew up knee high as a grasshopper, from a grasshopper. And in an, in an instant, one service, his pastor breaks every limitation that young man had ever known. And he tells him, if you'll listen to me, you'll see things you have never seen before. Thank you. But you got to trust him. Yes. You got to trust his voice. You got to listen to who he says he is. Amen. Amen. Does this make sense to anybody on a Sunday yes. morning? And if the devil has used this society to do anything, it's to disturb that trust between follower and leader. So that you take a half, he takes a half a step before we begin to move. It's not instant faith anymore. Our head kicks in, gets us in trouble. Did God say, don't touch the tree? Don't, did, God, did God mean it? And if, if the devil can break that trust, amen? Now, you know, let's, let's balance scripture with scripture. Paul, Paul complimented the Bereans because they went back to the scripture and studied it. We're not just talking blind stupidity, ignorance. So let's balance scripture with all of scripture. But if you, if you take the things that you're taught, go back to the scriptures and study them, then eventually in your heart, you just settle down. You say, I'm safe here. Say safe. You know, you're not safe everywhere. But you're safe here. You can relax here. Amen. You can enjoy the presence of God here, the visitation of God here. Can we study some more verses? Is that all right? Let's go to Exodus, if you would, please, chapter 17. This is a great picture of the ministry of helps, and I, I've preached from it. Other people have preached from it. I know it's a familiar set of verses, but let's read it together, and then we'll kind of go from there. 17.8 says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said, and he said to, and said to him, that's a whole sermon, and he fought with Amalek, and Moses and Aaron went, and her, sorry, Moses, Aaron, and her went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and they put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands on one side and on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. It goes on, it talks about write this as a memorial. That's a whole sermon in itself. Amen. You should remember your victories. You should not the things that go wrong. Remember the things that go right. Right? Remember the things you've won. Don't let the devil just, you know, control your mind like he was talking about. 
Remember what God did for you. Your prayers are heard. God is moving for you. Good things do come in your life. Amen? You can feel like everything's breaking. Do you ever have one of those days? Man, it's like, turn off the phone. Don't let anybody else call me today. You know, you remember your victories. The devil's just not that big. Amen? No matter what he does, God will take care of me. Hallelujah. And here in this verse, we have this picture. Joshua gets assigned to go down and fight against Amalek. Aaron and her get the duty. They go with pastor to Starbucks. <laughs> they hold up his hands. I'm sorry. You tell me which is the harder duty. <laughs> go fight for your life. Go hold up the preacher's arms. Sorry, but this is just me. If you can't do that, I'm going to kill you. Amen. <laughs> you don't need Amalek to come get you. That, brother, you got the cake duty. Right? right? right. Th that, that's gravy. And because I guess my eye always goes to Joshua because I think I relate to that. It seems like I'm doing twice what other people and my life is on the line. I'm giving my last dollar. I mean, I'm sitting on the front row minding my own business and the Lord speaks to me and says, give $10,000. That side, go talk to those people. That's the rich side over there. This is the ghetto. Go over there. God's speaking to me in the middle of all of that. And Joshua wins the battle that day, and I thought about this a lot of times. But you start to ask yourself, you know what? Aaron and her aren't going into the promised land. Joshua is. Not only is he going in, he's going in as the commander of the Lord's army. Moses is getting Joshua ready for his future. And Joshua doesn't even know it yet. I don't know if Moses knows. Obviously, God knows. But they're not permitted to talk to Joshua about it just yet. Your tomorrow's victories are so dependent on what you do with what your pastor has already assigned for you to do. If you can't succeed here, don't worry about your future. If you can't be faithful to take care of the dues and to bring your tithes and your offering and show up for children's church and, and to paint and to clean and to do this, don't worry about a missions trip later. We got to fix what we got here. Dr. Barclay used to say, Master every sphere of life. Then the Lord will move you on to the next thing. But you got to master what He's already got. It's called stewardship. You got to master this first before we're going to move you on to something else. What's God doing with Joshua? You master this first, working underneath Mo Moses' tutelage. Moses gives you the assignment later on. Moses or Joshua will have to get it directly from God. Right now, if there's a question, the people will question Moses, not Joshua. Every pastor, I, I talk about this uh, uh, to me a lot. There's a young minister in our church and he was preaching. He was doing really good. He's getting a lot of amen. So I just kind of pulled him aside one day. And I said, you know, I said, you're doing really good. Everybody loves your preaching. He said, hey, Brother Ray, this is great. He says, great. I said, I said, you know why they're amening you? He said, because I'm doing good. I said, because pastor told them to. <laughs> <laughs> the people that are amening you are here because pastor trained them to say amen. Everybody who didn't amen got mad and left. They got mad at pastor. None of them are mad at you. You're, I ride, he ride, you ride in his wake. He bore the trail. The microphone you have on, 
He believed in the money. The sound system, the internet stream, pastor took those offerings. We didn't. We gave. We did our part. But when the people get mad at the church, they don't get mad at me and you. They call him all kinds of nasty names. So I'm glad you're doing really, really good, and you should be. And I'm one of your number one ameners. But never lose track of who, who blazed the trail before you to make all of this work. The reason a young person grows up and knows so much about technology is because the father and mother cooked the meals, paid the electric bill, introduced him to that technology, and forced him to work when he wanted to sleep in on a Saturday morning. But they made him into something. The reason a young man has a car to go up to the corner store in is because dad's buying the insurance, likely putting the gas in it and the tires he's roasting off of the backs. <laughs> Amen? But it's easy to forget in life how it all works. Can you say amen? Say trust. As long as Joshua trusts Moses, the power of God comes on him and he is going to go places he will never go on his own. And God wants him there. God is opening the doors for him. But he's just got to put some of his own effort in now and just trust that the man of God knows what he's doing. That's easy to say from the pulpit. It's hard when people are chucking spears at you. And those guys up on the hill are so lazy they can't even hold his arms up. I'd be like, hold, I'll be right back. We'll go fix those boys. But you know what? They have their place in God and I have mine. Everything that I do today is something my pastor prepared me for years and years ago. Yes. Everything. And then when you get it, it's all you can do to hold on to it. Amen. You think you were ready for it a year ago, but the truth is you're, even once you get it, you're barely ready for it. To try to hold on to it. Can you say amen? First time I ever water skied. My problem was never the skis or the water. It was that silly thing dragging me along. Amen. And when I went down, I didn't let go right away. So I kind of, I probably mowed the bottom of the lake a little bit too long. Hallelujah. But you know that this is, this is my point. You can trust here. You can rest here. You can enjoy the presence of the Lord. You can enjoy the word of God. Don't let the devil come along and try to shake that sacred trust. Amen. Amen. Accusations, slander, no. gossip. We live in a day-to-day -day now where slander is like the devil's number one tool. Right. If you disagree with people, you are slandered with some term. Yeah. I, as a Christian leader, if I speak what I just spoke here, I'm slandered with some term. I'm not any of those things they accuse me of. Right. Say, what are you? I'm a man of God. I'm going to speak what God speaks, and, and I'm going to say what God says, and I'm not going to back away from the holy book, whether it's popular today or unpopular today. Amen? Because God's always right. God's always right. This, this trust, let's just kind of wrap up here, and I'll, I'll be back tonight. I assume I'll be back tonight. Didn't do too bad. I trust I will. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you know how busy your brain gets when you can't trust? 
One of the elders of our church, when I first hired on staff, uh, was a lady by the name of Peggy Heistead. Peggy's still been there. She kind of came with the furniture and she never left. She's just been wonderful, you know. Her and her family are just pillars in our church. But she told us this when, when I first hired on. She said, in this church, you will know half of everything and all of nothing. In this church, you will know half of everything and all of nothing. There are so many things you will see, but you won't know what the Lord is doing behind the scenes. There's so many things you will know, but you won't know what the Lord is doing behind the scenes. And over the course of time, I just have to trust that the man of God is who the man of God says he is. We had a young lady in our church. She would, she would sing praise and worship, but she just wasn't all the way in the boat yet. Can I say it that way? Good, good girl, love God, raised in the church. Just hadn't fully walked away from just being a young person. One time we had a, a prayer line at our church. You know, the ministers line up and everybody walks through. I, I, we've probably done literally a hundred of those. This young lady came down and she got about halfway through that prayer line. The power of God hit her. And I am not kidding you. It was makeup, mascara, and hairspray everywhere. I mean, she was gone. <clears throat> hit the ground like a sack of salt. We got her out of there. She's weeping. And I don't just mean weeping. I mean like yeah. travail weeping. And her mascara is running down her face and her sin came before her. Right. She became one of the greatest praise and worship leaders I have ever seen in my life. Oh, Pastor knew all about everything going on. He's giving her a little time to get a little closer to God, get a little closer to God until the power of God can touch her and then <laughs> holy before the almighty God. We pray you were blessed by the message we were able to share with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to find out more about our ministry, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.